0: Welcome to the Shortwave Report. I'm your host and producer, Dan Roberts. The Shortwave Report is a 30-minute review of news and opinion heard on the shortwave radio and the internet in Northern California. Listening to international broadcast at home is quite easy. You just need a shortwave radio with a schedule of English language broadcast or even easier is a computer or smartphone with an internet connection. In today's edition, you'll hear reports from France 24, George Galloway's Mother of All Talk Shows, NHK Japan, and Radio Havana, Cuba. We will begin with France 24. The heat waves and fires continue to spread in Europe. I'll remind you that 40 degrees Celsius is 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Then a brief review of world response to the resignation of Boris Johnson as Prime Minister of the UK. France 24.
1: Thousands of hectares go up in flames in Portugal after wildfires which broke out last week ravaged northern and central parts of the country. In Oren, the town the hardest hit, firefighters say the blazes are now under control. But authorities are urging residents to stay alert, with more scorching temperatures still on the way this week. The heat wave is sweeping across the Iberian Peninsula. In Spain, temperatures are topping 42 degrees.
2: It's terrible, terrible. I have to work, I have a daughter, and well, I just have to keep going.
1: People are sweltering in France as well. The southwestern cities of mont de marsan Toulouse, and Port, are seeing 34 to 35 degree heat. And that's not the end. Temperatures are still set to climb until Wednesday, with the peak expected at the end of the week. The UK hasn't been spared from the punishing heat. Several regions have already experienced their hottest days of the year, with some temperatures surpassing 30 degrees.
3: Love him or loathe him, Boris Johnson has proved a divisive figure at home and abroad. The Prime Minister's announcement that he was quitting led the news bulletins of several European state broadcasters. While in Ukraine, people have reacted with dismay to the news. His resignation saddens us because we loved him so much. He was coming to Ukraine and he did so much for Ukraine.
2: Let's invite him to be our own Prime Minister. Uh, so, so it's. Uh, I, I think that his popularity here even bigger than the popularity uh, of the Ukrainian prime minister.
3: Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said he phoned Johnson to express his sadness and thank him for his support
2: the role of britain is genuinely global in the protection of freedoms although this is a reflection of the positions of british society the leadership and charisma of the head of state are always of exceptional importance
3: in the u.s washington said it would continue to work closely with the british government
1: so i'll say this our alliance uh, with the united kingdom continues to be strong our special relationship with the people uh, in the country will continue to endure. None of that changes."
3: With Johnson's exit, some in Brussels have expressed hope of improving EU-UK ties strained by Brexit, but leave it to Russia to get in one final parting shot. In terms of
4: Mr. Johnson, he really does not like us. We don't like him either.
3: The Kremlin said it hoped more professional people might come to power in Britain, but deemed that scenario unlikely.
0: Those reports were from France 24. France 24 may be easily found at their website, france24.com, as well as on the YouTube channel called France 24 English. Next, George Galloway's Mother of All Talk Shows. This is an excerpt of a conversation George had with Scottish political writer James Melville about who will replace Boris Johnson as the UK Prime Minister. The mother of all talk shows.
5: We'll be talking about revolutions and about coups and about the essential difference between the two. In shorthand, a revolution is what is happening in Sri Lanka. And the clue is, well, what happened to the British Prime Minister this week? He was overthrown uh, by his own Praetorian Guard. They stabbed him in the back and in the front. Even when he sacked people and appointed them, they stabbed him not 24 hours later. It was a rearranging of the chairs on the Titanic. Should. About 150,000, almost all uh, geriatric members of the Conservative Party really be choosing Britain's third Prime Minister since the election in 2015. Should the Conservative Party not call a general election so that whoever is to be our Prime Minister has the country's support? James Melville joins us now. James, welcome. Give me your reflections on the bringing down of Boris Johnson. Well, I think I am no fan of Boris Johnson. I think he's completely
4: unfit for purpose, the Prime Minister. I think it's a stain and it's an embarrassment on this country, the fact that he went from, you know, someone with a bit of purple prose, if you're so way inclined for certain publications, to somehow end up as Prime Minister and via Foreign Secretary and London Mayor. But it is what it is. But I think the it's been calculated to get rid of them because what he was doing wasn't a great example. It was hypocritical. He tried to wriggle away from trouble, which had actually got him in more trouble. But politicians all over the world have been hypocrites over you know, various forms of hospitality during the COVID period. You know, We've seen it with Trudeau. We've seen it with Macron. We've seen it with Sturgeon. We've seen it with Starmer. But it was an opportunity to effectively pull up the drawbridge on, on Johnson. It did seem agenda-based, but I'm no fan of Johnson, but I'm also no fan of what might be coming down the tracks. So you've got nine candidates there that have it feels now, George, that politics has turned into a game show. What we've got now is basically a leadership contest at the Tory Party that is like the, the worst ever series of The Apprentice. There's not a single candidate there that you think is fit for purpose to be prime minister. There's no gravitas. They've got no vision for the future. At least, maybe I'm showing my age here, But in the 80s and the 90s, you know, politicians from different sides of the fence who were genuine public servants, whether you agreed with them or not, and they certainly had an intellectual rigour to get on top of the brief and understand what they're talking about and convey what they're talking about in a way that people will learn and respect whether they agreed with that individual or not. Now, we've just basically got show business politics, but with no depth on it. And I look at those nine, and I agree with you. I think Sunak is the kind of the chosen one. I think Mordon probably will come in into the top two as well, possibly Jeremy Hunt, but God help us if it's a playoff between Sunak and Hunt. I mean, it's two cheeks of the same backside, to kind of quote your old phrase. But there's, there's nothing there. The cupboard is empty. And the people that I feel sorry for are all of us, because we're basically going to have another prime minister that's going to be there with the strings being pulled on that individual with no core vision to do the best and served by the thing that they're supposed to represent us the people all they're doing is serving whoever's
5: behind them and certainly serving their own interests james melville thanks as always for joining us on the mother of all talk shows
0: That was from George Galloway's YouTube interview show called Mother of All Talk Shows, available on YouTube, search for George Galloway. On to NHK World Radio Japan. Four former executives of TEPCO, the company that manages the Fukushima nuclear power plants, were ordered by a court to pay $97 billion in damage to the utility. Authorities in Tokyo have raised the covert alert to the highest level as the infection is doubling each week. South Korea finished four days of joint drills with U.S. military forces. Shinzo Abe, former prime minister of Japan, was assassinated while campaigning for another candidate. Japanese police revealed that the assassin was angry at Abe because his mother had donated all her wealth to the Unification Church, known in the U.S. as Moonies. NHK Japan.
2: A lower court in Tokyo is ordering four former executives of Tokyo Electric Power Company to pay nearly $100 billion in damages to the utility. Shareholders claimed the company suffered massive financial losses because of the 2011 accident at its Fukushima Daiichi nuclear plant. Three reactors at the plant suffered meltdowns after a devastating earthquake and tsunami. Radioactive material spewed out, forcing thousands of residents to flee. It's one of the worst nuclear accidents on record. The trial focused on the reliability of a long-term assessment of potential seismic activities. The report was issued by a government panel nine years before the accident. The shareholders argued the assessment is reliable, and the former managers should have done more to safeguard the plant against the huge tsunami they knew was possible. But the managers claimed the assessment had low credibility, so they could not foresee damage from a massive tsunami. They argued even if they did, they would not have had time to take the necessary preventive measures. The presiding judge ruled on Wednesday the executives fundamentally lacked safety awareness and a sense of responsibility as the operator of a nuclear plant. It's the first civil court ruling on the liability of Tokyo Electric's former managers for losses stemming from the nuclear disaster. The compensation of about $97 billion is believed to be the highest ever ordered in a trial here in Japan. Authorities in Tokyo have raised the COVID-19 alert to the highest level in response to the seventh wave of infections. It's the first time the capital has reached this alert level since April. The Tokyo metropolitan government reported more than 16,000 new cases on Thursday. The number has topped 10,000 three days in a row. An expert panel says if the spread of infection maintains this pace, Tokyo's record of over 23,000 daily cases could be matched by next week. And the daily figure could reach 53,000 in the week after that. The experts warn a surge to that level would mean many people would not be able to work and the medical system would be strained. Now across Japan, nearly 98,000 new cases were reported on Thursday. That brought the country's total number of cases to over 10 million. More than 80 percent of them were reported since the beginning of this year. Prime Minister Kishida says he's not considering imposing any business restrictions at this moment, but he's working to provide fourth vaccine doses to healthcare workers under the age of 60 as early as next week. The government's top coronavirus advisor is calling on each member of the public to take thorough anti-infection measures and avoid high-risk situations so the government does not have to restrict social and economic activities. South Korea's Air Force says it's ended four days of joint drills with U.S. forces. The exercise came amid growing concerns North Korea will conduct another nuclear test. Officials said about 30 aircraft were mobilized, including South Korean F-15K jets and American F-16 jets. Both countries flew F-35A stealth fighter jets. South Korean media say the drills marked the first public deployment of U.S. F-35A warplanes in South Korea since 2017, when North Korea conducted its sixth nuclear test. North Korea reportedly launched artillery rockets on Sunday and Monday. Analysts speculate Pyongyang's actions could have been a response to the joint drills. Sources with the investigation into Abe's shooting say the mother of the suspect likely donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to a religious organization. The family's financial issues are believed to be key to the suspect's motivation behind the attack. Yamagami Tetsuya was arrested on the spot in the western city of Nara. He reportedly told police he resented the Family Federation for World Peace and Unification. The organization used to be called the Unification Church. It says the mother is a member. Police say the suspect apparently targeted Abe in the belief Abe was close to the organization. The sources quote the suspect as saying his mother ruined his family by making huge donations to the group. They say she likely donated around $720,000. That includes the life insurance payout for her husband's death. Prime Minister Kishida said Thursday he believes there was a problem with Abe's security.
1: I want police
4: authorities to conduct a thorough review and swiftly rectify what needs to be, referring to how dignitaries are protected in other countries around the world.
2: The investigation for that is underway, and the National Police Agency sent a team to Nara. Security sources say dozens of police officers were deployed during Abe's speech. They included prefectural undercover officers and one specially assigned bodyguard.
0: Those reports were from NHK World Radio Japan. They are now heard from 9.30 to 10 p.m. at 7355 and 6165 or on the web at www.nhk.or.jp. All the times I announce are for Pacific Daylight Saving Time, so please adjust them to your time zone. If you have questions or comments about the shortwave report or could assist me by supporting this listener-funded program, I may be reached through the website and PayPal or by writing to Dan Roberts at P.O. Box 1162, Willits, California 95490. Please help me continue producing this weekly show which I freely distribute to radio stations and the Internet like a good listener in Willits, California, did this week. Many, many thanks. We will conclude with Radio Havana, Cuba. First, a viewpoint on the assassination of former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, pointing out how rare gun violence in Japan is, and how Abe moved Japan to develop a serious military force reinterpreting Article 9 of the Constitution to end pacifism. The Cuban president, Diaz-Canal, reacted to U.S. and EU statements praising the protest and riots that happened in Cuba a year ago, which Cuba alleges was directed by people in the United States than an American opinion piece comparing Joe Biden's criticisms of Cuba with equivalent social realities in the United States. Venezuela is negotiating cooperation and trade with the European Union. Environmental and indigenous groups are concerned by a new oil and gas development in northern Alaska. Trump is visiting Alaska to help Sarah Palin campaign for Congress. Radio Havana, Cuba.
6: Japanese society is under the impact of a great emotion, and it will surely remain so for a long time. After the assassination of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, without a doubt, one of the most influential politicians in that nation since the end of World War II. He was elected three times to head the government, although his first term from 2006 to 2007 was quite stormy and ended abruptly for health reasons. This did not prevent his coming to power again in 2012 where he remained until 2020 when he tendered his resignation. Japan is a relatively quiet country where in 2018 there were just nine deaths from gunshot wounds against more than 39,000 in the United States. The sale of pistols is highly restricted and to obtain a license, you must pass a long and very vigorous process. This did not mean that he has not been a victim of acts of violence and many remember the sarin gas attack in the Tokyo subway, which occurred on March 20, 1995. However, they are truly exceptional cases. Chinzo Abe's legacy will be remembered above all for his attempt to turn the country into a global power, not only from the point of view of foreign relations, but also from the military and economic point of view. To achieve this, he proposed to modify Article 9 of the Constitution, which expressly prohibits the existence of an army, the declaration of a state of war, and participation in international operations. He only achieved that between 2014 and 2015, a reinterpretation of this rule was approved to exercise the so-called right to collective self-defense. In any case, Japan has a fairly well-equipped force with air, land, and sea branches, and according to the International Institute for Peace Studies in Stockholm, its military budget is among the sixth largest in the world. Regarding the economy, the so-called Empire of the Rising Sun suffered a severe setback due to the real estate crisis of 1991. Until 1989, of the 50 largest companies on the planet, 32 were Japanese, while in 2018, only one remained. Shinzo Abe tried to face a situation with a mixture of economic doctrines, which was called Abenomics, which in the end led to pure neoliberalism without achieving recovery, but it did increase discontent among the people. His murder, an act reprehensible from every point of view, ends a political era and means an alert about the increase in violence, a plague that affects most of the world today.
7: Cuban President Miguel Escanel said that his country will not give in to hegemonic desires referring to statements made by the United States and the European Union regarding the Vandalism Acts on July 11, 2021. In his rear account, the President said that neither the U.S. government nor the European Union had the moral authority to question Cuba. The Cuban government denounced on Monday the interference of the U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and the European Union... High Representative Joseph Barrow regarding the events that took place in the Graven Island as a result of a media operation and a soft coup to subvert order in the nation. In this regard, Cuba's foreign minister's reaction followed a message on the same social network by Blinken in which he expressed the White House support for the protesters and wrote, We urge the Cuban regime to respect their voices. In another tweet, Rodriguez Parrilla also rejected Barrow's statements, adding that the European Union lacks the moral authority to make value judgments on the Cuban reality. It should take care of its own problems and the frequent violations of human rights in its member states, stressed the head of the Cuban diplomacy.
8: Joe Biden called Cuba a failed state, but what about the U.S.? Like, people are accusing Cuba of having food shortages, which, yes, they do because of the U.S. blockade, but there are literally tens of millions of people going hungry here. In 2020, one of every four people in the United States was officially food insecure. In a country of 330 million people, this comes out to a hungry population of about 83 million, which is almost eight times the total population of Cuba. There are over 140 million people in the United States in or near poverty, but they never got a hashtag SOS USA. People are also calling Cuba a repressive dictatorship, that they jail people for no reason. Well, if you're looking for a country that jails people for literally no reason, look no further than the United States, the country with the world's largest prison population. Despite representing less than 5% of the world population, the U.S. has nearly 25% of the world's prison population. And while nearly half of all prisoners in the United States were convicted of nonviolent offenses, The real criminals, the ones who crash the world financial system and put millions of people out of work, the ones who make hundreds of millions of dollars off the backs of their workers who literally die on the job, they don't go to prison they get richer. Joe Biden says the Cuban government should respect peaceful protesters, but the cops in this country spent the last year beating peaceful protesters for protesting racism and police brutality. In just the first week of protest, over 10,000 people were arrested. People are also criticizing medical shortages in Cuba as if medical care is so accessible here. 67% of declared bankruptcies in the United States are related to medical bills. Who the hell is the United States to criticize Cuba when 54% percent of adults in this country can't read at a sixth grade level. There are 17 million vacant homes in America despite widespread homelessness. We had the worst COVID response in the entire world. I mean, Cuba literally has a higher life expectancy than us. So the U.S. isn't attacking Cuba because they care about poverty and repression. They economically strangle and attack Cuba because if socialism were allowed to succeed, people in the United States would have no reason to support capitalism. The rich want the hundreds of millions Millions of poor Americans to fear Cuba and fear socialism because it distracts from the fact that the rich are the ones really robbing them.
9: Carlos Faria, the Venezuelan Minister of People's Power for Foreign Affairs, has held a meeting with Brian Glynn, the Director General for the Americas of the European External Action Service, to evaluate cooperation and to strengthen relations. The Venezuelan Foreign Minister said his country is willing to increase its ties with the European Union, the EU, based always on principles of mutual respect and peace. Faria and Glynn also agreed to enhance cooperation in the energy, environmental and health sectors, and in other fields of mutual interest, to which they added the need to strengthen cooperation at the level of regional blocs and in correspondence with factors based on the welfare of the peoples that integrate them. Thus, the Bolivarian Republic ratified its willingness for dialogue and peace diplomacy with the EU, despite the hostile and interfering stance of some of its members, who remain attached to the interests of the United States and its anti-Venezuelan aggressions. In in 2021, exports in Venezuela were set at almost 3,000 and 6 million euros, and international sales constituted 34.98 of its gross domestic product, its GDP. This increase attests to the evolution of trade between Venezuela and the EU in fostering mutual access between markets, boosting foreign trade, and in generating new commercial opportunities. Environmental and indigenous groups are expressing the concern that the Biden administration may approve the Willow Project, a massive oil and gas development in northern Alaska. The administration recently issued a new environmental analysis for Konoko Phillips' multi billion dollar plan. Alaska Republican Senator Lisa Berkowski, a key backer of the project, confirmed that she hopes construction can begin this winter. Christine Miller, conservation director of the Alaska Wildest League, Said, quote, if approved, the Willow Project would be bigger than any other proposed oil and gas project on our nation's public lands. It poses an unparalleled biodiversity and climate threat that puts President Biden's climate legacy at risk.
10: Former United States President Donald Trump is campaigning in Alaska for Salah Palin, the northern state's ex governor, whose ascendancy many view as a populist precursor of Trump's anti elite movement. The two firebrand politicians have both been key figures in the Republican Party's shift over the past decade to target the aggrieved working class. They both have also touted claims that there was widespread election fraud in the 2020 election, at least in those key states that Trump lost. In Alaska, we didn't have to worry about it because we won't, Trump taught the stadium crowd. Sarah Palin was catapulted into the timeline when she was chosen by the late United States Republican Senator John McCain of Arizona as his running mate in the 2008 presidential election. A Christian conservative who leaned hard into her outsider status, Palin's rise during the 2008 campaign is widely seen as paving the way for businessman Trump to successfully take the White House eight years later. Their far-right politics stood in direct opposition to previous Republican standard-bearers Mitt Romney and McClain, who last week received a posthumous Presidential Medal of Freedom from the United States President Joe Biden.
0: Those reports were from Radio Havana, Cuba. Cuba's website is working well at radiohc.cu. On shortwave, Cuba may be heard from noon to 1 p.m. at 15.140 and from 5 p.m. to 11 at either 6,000, 60, 60, or 61.65. One of my goals in producing this show is to encourage people like you to listen to international broadcasts, get a global perspective. You will have to look harder these days because of U.S. and European Union prohibitions on media. Every Thursday evening, I post a new shortwave report at the website for this show. That's outfarpress.com. At my website, you can also listen to past shows. Please consider making a safe donation online through PayPal. There's a link at my website along with a podcast link. And get advice for listening at home. This shortwave report, which is now in its 26th year of production, remains free to rebroadcast upon notification. The shortwave report is produced and distributed off the electrical grid in Northern California using solar panels. I'm your host and producer, Dan Roberts. Thanks for listening.